if you're a person that, well, marketing isn't really your strong suit, then you're going to want to listen to today's episode. I'm interviewing John Ainsworth. He's the CEO and founder of Data Driven Marketing, as well as the host of the show, The Art of Selling Online Courses. Now, if you're not an online course person, this still has plenty of information for you, as well as an update on the Stitcher app. If you're listening to this on Stitcher, well, I've got some news for you and some suggestions for new apps. Hit it, ladies. The School of Podcasting with Dave Jackson. Podcasting since 2005. I am your award-winning Hall of Fame podcast coach, Dave Jackson, thanking you so much for tuning in. If you're new to the show, this is where I help you plan, launch, and grow your podcast. My website is schoolofpodcasting.com. Use the coupon code LISTENER, that's L-I-S-T-E-N-E-R, when you sign up for either a monthly or yearly subscription. And of course, that comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so you can join risk-free. The other thing we do here at the School of Podcasting, for those people that want to, is I can help you monetize your show and point you at strategies that work. If you didn't know, I have a book called Profit from Your Podcast Proven Strategies to Turn Your Listeners into a Livelihood. That's available at Profit from Your Podcast. Dot com, And I realize that there are a lot of people that don't really care to make money with their podcast because they're just doing it for fun. They're just doing it to position themselves as a expert in the field, et cetera, et cetera. There are many, many other reasons to start a podcast besides making money. And I was on a podcast called The Art of Selling Online Courses. And if you're thinking, wait, I'm not selling an online course, Dave, hang tight. There's some really good information here. And I met John Ainsworth and I heard about, he has one website, pimpyourfunnel.com. He has datadrivenmarketing.co. They've been around for about five years. And I had them review some sales pages that I did. And I've always talked about you need a focus group and you need somebody to give you honest feedback. And they're actually helping people increase their revenue in some cases, like over 200%. And I can see why, because when they looked at my website, there are a bunch of things that I was like, oh yeah, I could have done that better. Things like saying a feature, but not the benefit. That doesn't make much sense. And so if you are a regular listener to the show, you know I am all about getting feedback from your audience, and sometimes I call them focus groups, but it turns out actually having a group of people may not be the way to get your feedback. The way a focus group traditionally works, what's like known in the industry, in the marketing industry as a focus group, is you get a number of people together, generally in a room, um, certainly it's how it used to be when I was doing them, and you, you ask people all these questions about the topic, so about your podcast or about your breakfast cereal or whatever it is yeah. that people are doing the focus group about, right? And what I've seen is if you're not skilled at running the focus group, then what will happen is some strong personality in the group will make a point very confidently and everybody, a lot of other people end up agreeing with them mm. and you'll get each group of whatever it is, six to eight people, will give you one set of answers 
and you don't really get like full information about what is a person who's kind of quiet or not sure of their own opinion what do they really think so what we traditionally do is two things one is surveys we use surveys a lot they're fantastic and then the second one is one-to-one interviews one-to-one interviews are amazing because they give you really really good qualitative data from a number of different people um the bad the bad side to it is the time consuming to do it but you don't ever get anybody being influenced by somebody else's opinion because you're just finding out what does that one person think at a time what we'll then tend to do is take the insights from that and we want to make it quantitative we want to have enough data to back up the insight to see is it just five people who thought that or does the whole audience really agree with that so generally i would say because focus groups are hard to run really well i would generally suggest doing either the one-to-one interviews or doing the surveys or both does it hurt if it's the actual podcast so let's say a podcaster has has started a an online course is he going to get honest feedback if they're the person doing the one-on-one consulting or do they need to have a third-party person so they can talk openly it's you get way better feedback than if you don't do it the crucial the most important thing is to do it if you want if you end up having to get somebody else to do it like who is that are they any do they know what questions to ask can you afford to pay somebody else to do it i think i think for most people when they're starting you're going to be doing this yourself i mean when when you start a business when you start anything you do everything yourself right that's kind of his how it how it works you have to learn a bit how to do everything and yeah you're not going to get maybe totally honest feedback because people don't want to hurt your feelings but you can preempt that slightly by saying, look, I know that you might be uncomfortable here giving me completely honest feedback. I know that you probably don't want to hurt my feelings, but it, like, I'd much rather know the brutal, honest truth yeah. that, and, and find that out now than in two years realize I've been messing it up for all this time. So, so please do be honest with me. And then when someone says something that you don't like hearing make sure that you don't react like starting trying to defend it. Yeah. Because then they'll be like, oh, okay, he didn't really mean it. Nobody ever really means it when they say that. I'm going to back off. If instead someone says, you know, I just think that you're, you're boring. You know, you take too long. They probably wouldn't start with something like that. What might <laughs> someone start with? I, I feel like maybe some of the episodes uh, possibly are a little bit too long. You know, people dance around it a yeah. little bit sometimes when they start, right? And say, okay, well, that's super useful to hear. I really appreciate that. Okay, well, let me make a note that some of the episodes are too long. Which ones did you say? Were they like, was there a lot? Were they all too long? Do you think I'm I'm rambling on too much? Do you think it needs more? Like, what do you think? And they're like, oh, he maybe means this. And they might give you slightly more feedback. And then you can kind of continue on from that. And you don't have to spend a ton of money on some sort of survey tool. You could use Google Forms. I'll have links to all this stuff out at schoolofpodcasting.com slash 886. I use a tool that I got from AppSumo called MetaSurvey that works really well on a phone. But by having a survey, you can pinpoint those things that are working and things that are not. So I asked John, I go, what is probably the common mistake that you see people making? There's one basic fundamental mistake that everybody makes in this situation. So what happens is people build up an audience. So they start a podcast, they build up an audience, people listen to it, they trust them, and then they People are asking them, could you share more of your wisdom? They create a course. And what happens is they'll launch the course and they'll get a bunch of sales when they launch it. And then it dips. And people start to think, oh, maybe I need to make another course. Or how can I sell? How, how can I get more people to buy this? And there's a process that exists. There's a proven framework, proven process that works for getting people who are in your audience to re- repeatedly go and buy stuff from you. And it's called 
sales funnels. It's like it's a, there's a process that exists. It's been well tested, well proven. We know exactly what it is. And most people don't pay attention to that because they are educators. And so what they like to do is they like to share information on the podcast and, and build up an audience. And they like to create the course because that's then educating people and they don't know how to do the bit in between. And because they don't know how to do it and they feel uncomfortable about it, like really people feel uncomfortable. They feel, oh, I don't want to be salesy. I don't want to be pushy. I don't want to be promotional. People won't like it. They won't like me. I'll be uncomfortable with that. That whole kind of set of emotions. What happens then is people just don't promote it. They don't build the sales funnels. They don't learn how to do it. And therefore, they don't make nearly as many sales. And so instead, what they tend to do is they grow the audience more because they know how to do that and they like that and they make more courses. And this bit in the middle is just missing. And it means that people are missing out on just incredible amounts of sales and money for themselves and change their own lifestyle, but also helping their audience because they've made this incredible course which would help their audience to achieve the outcome that they are listening to the podcast for, but they're not getting told about it. They don't even know. A lot of times people don't even know it exists. Like we've had people who decide, I'm going to survey my audience to find out what courses would they like me to make because they've made all these different courses want to know what else to make. And people were asking for courses that they're already made, <laughs> but they didn't even know they existed because they're just so busy building the audience, making more courses. So that's the main blind spot is how do you do that in an ethical, helpful, friendly way so that more people from your audience go and buy the courses from you. When you start a podcast, you want to connect with your audience, which means you have to figure out who needs your content. Well, it's the same thing in marketing. And so I asked John, I go, how did you go about niching down from you know general business to talking about people that are doing online courses? Yeah, I started broad. We did funnels for e-commerce businesses, software businesses, services, and online courses. And what we found was that we got better results for people who were selling online courses. Hmm. Like I said, I mean, we get you know an average increase in revenue of four hundred eighty-six percent. It's like that's huge, and there's there's reasons why. Part of the reason is because people who are selling online courses don't tend to do funnels. <laughs> so they're missing more <laughs> steps you know there's more there's more latent demand yeah. than uh, in that in that niche than there is in e-commerce for example a second reason was because it tends to be really good they tend to be really good people so we liked working with them it's not i'm not saying that people who run e-commerce businesses aren't good people but people who are selling online courses tend to be someone who's driven by i want to educate and help my audience i want to support my audience and do right by them and they've spent a lot of time building up an audience on their podcast or the YouTube channel or what have you. And they've spent a lot of time making great courses already. And they're just missing this one thing that we could do. So that was kind of our second reason for working with. So people building online courses are much more likely to hire John's company than somebody's doing an e-commerce show because they might already have a funnel. So John figured out who his audience was. He started the art of selling online courses. And I always say, one of the things that your podcast does is it can establish you as an expert. Yeah, so we use the podcast very much as a lead nurture tool. So it does occasionally bring in new clients who heard of us just through the podcast. You know, someone was searching on Spotify and they came across us or they got recommended the podcast by somebody else and then went to listen to it. What happens more often is somebody hears about us from a different channel. You know, they hear about us through word of mouth or they um, find us through Google or something like that. And then they find the podcast 
and when they find the podcast they then listen to it and go oh these guys know what they're talking about cool i can trust them and then they sign up for a call with us so it's it's nurturing leads that we already get rather than for actually driving more traffic now that's starting to change our audience numbers for a long time have were really small and they're starting to grow and have been starting to grow faster and faster every month. So something's working. I don't know quite what yet. I don't know if it's the audience telling others through word of mouth or if we're getting found through searches in the the podcast um, apps or what it is exactly, but it's starting to grow a lot faster, which is really exciting. And so I think we're going to start to see more people come in, you know, finding the podcast first of all. And of course, since we're talking about marketing and monetization, you know, the topic of having an email list is going to come up. We talked about this on episode 870, but the big question always is, well, how do I get people on an email list? Yeah, and it's very straightforward. What we want to do, it's just, it's a case of doing it repeatedly. Mm. What we need to have is a lead magnet. So that is something useful that they get when they sign up to your newsletter. So the way round you want to position this is say, if you go and sign up to my newsletter, then you will get this free thing. It could be an ebook, it could be a course, uh, like a short introductory course, it could be some kind of bonus. The best opt in rate we've ever had with any of our clients was a company called Paintable. They were offering for free a set of paint, digital paintbrushes. So they teach people how to do digital painting. And you could get these digital paintbrushes that you could use in Photoshop. And you could download them from their website. They still have it. If you go to paintable.cc, you probably can download them. And that was an excellent lead magnet because it was somebody got something useful for free without having to spend any time. They're not having to read the book or take the course or anything like this. They immediately get some result from it uh, just by signing up and giving their email address. So that's the kind of thing. You want something that's instant gratification. We've got a client in the personal development space and their best lead magnet is five free meditations. So you can download the meditations for free and then you can go and listen to them and, and do your meditation as you listen. And that works really, really well. That kind of thing, something useful that people get immediately. The trick here is not just, first of all, you want to have something good like that, but secondly, you want to tell people about it regularly. So on every single podcast episode, you want to be mentioning it, maybe at the beginning and again at the end. Everywhere, if you've got traffic to your website, you mention it in every blog post. You mention it on the homepage. You have a sidebar, maybe you have a pop-up as well. Some people fight, you know, think they're too annoying and don't want to have them, but they, they convert very well in terms of getting opt-ins. Um, have them at the, if you have a long blog post, have it at the top, have it in the middle of the, and have it at the bottom as well. Like have it in lots of places. It's a useful resource you're giving away for free, and that's how you get people onto the onto the list. The trick is to actually do it. Most people <laughs> just don't implement all of They just don't do all of these things. It's not complicated. It's really, really not. It's a few days' work to set this up in, in every place if you've got everything, if you've got Instagram and YouTube and Facebook and a podcast and website traffic and everything. To just put it in the right places doesn't take very long, but people don't do it. And if you're using WordPress, most email list providers will have some sort of plugin. If not, there is a plugin called Insert Blocks Before or After Post Content, where you guessed it, it will insert blocks before or after post content. So I use that on the School of Podcasting to put my newsletter sign up. I also have an easy to remember link, which is schoolofpodcasting.com slash newsletter, because I'm creative like that. If you're using PodPage, there is an episode signature 
that you can easily put your sign-up form there, and at the end of every episode, it will add that sign-up link. And if all of this talk of email and funnels and things like that, you just go, oh, it just sounds so salesy. John's going to help you overcome that right after this. Look, I get it. You, even if you're not an educator, you're just maybe marketing is something completely new to you and it just feels so weird. Well, number one, you're stepping out of your comfort zone when you try or start to promote yourself. So I asked John, I go, look, this, I hear this a lot. How do you overcome feeling salesy? The thing that bothers people is they don't want to send out those email promotions because they don't want to feel salesy. And they're uncomfortable with that and they don't want people to unsubscribe and not like being on their email list. So the trick is, what can you do to make the emails that you send useful, helpful, something that you're proud of, something that people like receiving and provides value to them, and it helps you to actually make sales as well. So all of those things combined. So in my newsletter, I primarily have an opening paragraph that gives you a little behind the scenes of what's going on with me. Then I'll put links to all of the episodes I've put out during the week. And then at the end, of course, there's a call to action to join the School of Podcasting. And a lot of this is overcoming your own mental hurdle. And I get it. And I I walked somebody through this once. They said, I just feel salesy. And I go, okay. I said, so if we use like a stereotype, like an old 1970s used car salesman, they're like, well, yeah, kind of. That just, ugh. And I said, okay, well, realize the stereotype of the used car sales guy who's just trying to get the sale is he's going to sell you a bucket of bolts. And they're like, yeah. And I go, okay, so your podcast is a bucket of bolts. And they're like, no, I worked on this for hours. And I'm like, oh, so it actually helps people? And they're like, yeah, I hope so. It seems to. And I'm like, okay, so why are you stopping yourself from helping your audience? And they went, oh, yeah. So change your brain from you're not selling, you're helping. And if you need some help with this, I know I got some help. You can go to pimpyourfunnel.com and here's what you can expect. So there's two things. One, first of all, is you go to the, there you fill in the form. It's like 10 questions, I think. It's very simple. And when you fill it in, we're going to create a personalized report for you telling you about your business and how much more revenue you could be making from um, having a funnel and good email marketing in place we'll tell you for each tactic there's eight different tactics that we use for each of those tactics how much more money that one could make you and then we'll give you a summary of what it is that you could do to put that into place so we've only covered like a couple of bits today second thing is for some people every month what we also do is we will do you a funnel review so this is a video funnel review like the one you got from martina It'll be about 20 or 30 minutes and she or somebody else from in our team will go through your sales page, so your homepage, your sales page and your checkout page and do a review of these are the things that need changing. This is what's most important. This is what's going to help you the most. If you've got a six-figure online course business, we'll do it for everybody who's at that level because that's the kind of people that we work with. For anybody who's smaller, we also do some bonus ones as well. So you still you still might get one of those uh, just kind of our way of giving back. We don't We can't do it for everybody, but we we do as many as we can. And of course, you can check out his podcast for free to really get some insights into John. So I asked him, and this is a tough question, what's your favorite podcast? Like if if I tell my audience, hey, go check out his show, which one should they listen to? 
Okay, so there's a really good one that I, I really like. We did, I did an episode before Christmas with my copywriter, Monica, who is incredible. All of our clients work with Monica. Either she writes the copy for them or with our coaching clients, she's giving them feedback on the copy that they've written on the sales page, etc. And we did this one before Christmas, which is about how to give yourself a Christmas bonus. And that was by writing, by running a Christmas email promotion. And it detailed like exactly like, okay, if you've got this kind of course, this is how you run that email promotion. If you've got this kind of course, this is how you do it. Depending on what and I tried, I tried my best just for fun to fox her. I was like, what about if you had this kind of course? What about if you had this? Or what about if this was the problem? And she just instantly was like on it with every single one of them with answers about it. Now, the downside with that is it's, it's June when we're recording this and it's not, it's not Christmas right now. But I still think the principle of that one, if you go listen to that one, will give you the idea of like, oh, I get it. Monica's broken down for me what I need to do to be able to send out this email promotion. And a friend of mine messaged me in, I don't know, somewhere between Christmas and New Year. And she said, I listened to that podcast episode and I ran the email promotion like you suggested and I made $12,000. I was like, thank you for my Christmas bonus. Nice. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, you're welcome. It's like, and that's the kind of stories we get from people all the time. Like people who actually go and implement the things that we're talking about. They'll be like, oh, I made an extra, I'm making an extra $5,000 a month or I'm making, you know, $20,000 extra this month because I've done, gone and done the thing. So I love it when I get that feedback from people. And this, this next question I asked kind of hurt. I asked him if there was any kind of preferred teaching platform that he liked to work with so what i'll do i'll tell you the ones that we use when we're working with clients and we kind of recommend but uh, this is with a giant asterisk next to it so we use for the wordpress so for the website wordpress for the funnels click funnels and then for the actual course itself we use kajabi and the reason we do that is WordPress is great for your website. So everybody knows it's really good for SEO. It's nice and easy to use. It's a, you know it's free to to build the software, not the you know not a design or developer. Lots of people who can build for it. That's all great. Funnels is most easily done in a funnel specific tool. ClickFunnels has got its problems, but it's like the industry standard. So you can set up all of the funnel elements in there. You can set up your sales pages really easily. Your checkout pages can look exactly the way you want to. Everything works really well. And then the actual course hosting, we use Kajabi. That's a really nice one. There's other good ones. Thinkific, good. Teachable's quite good as well, that kind of thing. Now, here's the giant asterisk. Whatever you've currently got, if you've already got something set up, don't change. And the reason that you shouldn't change is because it takes time. And the time spent changing is almost never the thing that should be top of your list. If what you're wanting to do is be able to make more course sales, the biggest problems are you don't have your lead magnets in place, so you're not growing your email list, or you don't have the email promotions going out every month, or your sales page sucks and you're missing some of those 15 crucial elements. Those are the things that will make the bigger difference, not the software. The software, I'm sure, could be there's a better one. There's always a better one. There's always something else that's shiny and new and what have you it's mostly a waste of time and should be about a 30 second thing on your list always it should ne- it should almost never make it to the top so we never encourage our clients to swap that is for me holy cow is that so true i've moved the school of podcasting and i don't do that without thinking about it thoroughly multiple times and i'm done with that i moved from thinkific to podia thinkific raised their price podia was somewhat limiting it's a great platform as long as it does everything you want it to do. And I moved to New Zendler 
And of course, I've got my courses and everything's getting ready to launch that version. And somebody turned me on to Fresh Learn, which is cheaper. And it does everything that Zendler does. And I was just like, nope, I'm not moving. Because you forget moving the courses is easy. Copy, paste, upload. It's the email sequences. It's the affiliate program if you have one. Yeah, so I I will not be moving the School of Podcasting anytime soon. But one of the things as we kind of wrap this up, and I'll have links again to everything out at schoolofpodcasting.com slash 886. So if you want to check out his show, The Art of Selling Courses Online, if you want to go to datadrivenmarketing.co or pimpyourfunnel.com, that's all at schoolofpodcasting.com slash 886. But for me, I noticed a couple of times he mentioned that the reason people aren't getting results, and this is somewhat obvious, is they're they're not doing the marketing part. They don't have an email list. And for me, it's fine to ask people to follow. We want people to follow our show so that when we put out information that it automatically goes to their phone when they fire up that app. I think a better call to action is a newsletter because in the newsletter, you can ask them to follow the show. But I know when I send out my newsletter, which you can find at schoolofpodcasting.com slash newsletter, you can get a conversation going. I probably get a handful of people that when I send it out, they'll email back and say, hey, I really like that. Or what were your thoughts on this and that? And now I've got a conversation going. And we started off talking about focus groups and how you want to do them really one at a time if you've got the time and resources. And one of the ways you can do that is by reaching out to people on your newsletter. I know I'm working on a video sales letter for the School of Podcasting, and the people that are going to give me feedback are people from the School of Podcasting and also people on my newsletter. And I'll have links again to all this stuff at schoolofpodcasting.com slash 886. But the one that jumped out of me for this is, the I think it was two or three times where he mentioned that, well... Yeah, people aren't doing that. And it's not a it's not throwing shade. Educators or just people that aren't marketing people, that's not their if we use uh I don't know if are people still saying the phrase zone of genius? That sounded very like is that registered trademark somewhere? Oh, I'm not in my zone of genius. So maybe marketing isn't your zone of genius. Well, okay, but if you're trying to grow your show, if you're trying to sell something then you've got to either a hire somebody like John or, you know, listen to a bunch of podcasts. I know in terms of copywriting, my buddy, uh, Neil Headley has, uh, some great resources. Ray Edwards is another guy. So if you want to learn how to write sales copy and of course, you know, you can always use chat GPT. I actually use chat GPT for the sales letter. And what was interesting is while it helped me brainstorm, I ended up using maybe 10% of the stuff it gave me, but it was like, ooh, that's not a bad idea. And then I would rewrite it in my own words. So it sounded like me. I'll also have out at schoolofpodcasting.com slash 886. ClickFunnels is a great program. I use swipe pages. ClickFunnels is like 130 bucks a month. So there are some cheaper alternatives to that if you want to make some sort of sales page. And of course, there are plugins for WordPress. If you have any insights on that, uh, schoolofpodcasting.com slash contact is where you can reach me. A little heads up, if you are listening to me on the Stitcher app, 
you may or may not have heard, that app is going away in August. And I have a few recommendations. If you're on iOS, I like Castomatic or Overcast. Now, the reason I like Castomatic over Overcast, and I love Overcast, is Castomatic is podcasting 2.0 enabled. So if you want to send boostograms and all that fun-filled stuff, you can do that in Castomatic. And it looks and smells a lot like Overcast. If you're on an Android phone, I've been playing with Pocket Casts. And speaking of Pocket Casts, one of the coolest features that I loved about Stitcher is you could listen on whatever device you have, Android, iOS, and then there was a web-based version of this. And so you could actually listen on your phone or the car, go to work, pull up your computer, and pick up right where you left off. And Castomatic has that, Pocket Cast has that, and another one called Podverse. Uh, and all those, except for Overcast, are Podcasting 2.0 enabled. I like Castomatic. Castomatic and Pocket Cast give you the ability to upload audio and it will show up in your app. So does Overcast for that matter. And so I made the mistake this month of not listening to two episodes before I posted them. And that came back to uh, bite me in the rear end. And like I said, uh, Pocket Cast, Overcast, and Castomatic, and there might be others, enable a way for you to upload a file very easily and then listen to it. But if you're listening on Stitcher, you might want to find a new one. And there are other ones. There is Podfriend. There's Fountain is another 2.0 app. And of course, there's Apple Podcasts. Uh, For me, check out newpodcastapps.com. There are a lot of, shall we say, not legacy apps that are a little more featured than some of the old ones. And they're a little more ready for the new things coming in podcasting. And that's the other thing, just to give you a heads up on that. Now, this stuff is years that will be, you know, in the making here. So this is stuff that... While it is happening now, only the geeks, the hardcore geeks are doing that. But I thought it was interesting. Adam Curry played a song. Now, this was a cleared song for the record. This wasn't like he's playing Elton John or something like that. But he he's doing the whole, you know, Bitcoin streaming. And so that money is coming to him and his co-host. And they now have a feature where if you played a cleared music and that person, that band, let's say we're streaming it, let's date myself, to the Beatles. Okay, so you got Ringo, John, Paul, and George. They could set it up so that when you stream money to the Beatles, it will automatically go to Ringo, John, Paul, and George. Just for that time, the song is played. So let's back that up a second. You're listening to the podcast, and Adam is talking, and he's like, here's the new song from the Beatles, which, of course, you can't play the Beatles because it's not cleared, but Let's say it's some band that was cleared and you switch it to, hey, don't don't send that money that's being donated to me. Send it now to the band. And when you send it to the band, it splits it into four people and sends it to the band members. And this is something that is catching the eye of signed bands because there's no manager. There's no Spotify and Apple taking 30. It is directly to the people. Now, again, this is years from being mainstream, what I like to call Aunt Cheryl. This is not Aunt Cheryl ready, but I'm keeping my eye on this. We talk about stuff like this over at the Future of Podcasting show. You can find that at futureofpodcasting.net. It's a show I do with Daniel J. Lewis. Daniel actually writes code, 
So his role is to explain things in a way that Aunt Cheryl, and I am playing the role of Aunt Cheryl in that show, and try to make people understand that this is what is coming up. In some cases, it's ready. The next step in that whole area is to have media hosts start to embrace this so that when these new features are in your media host, then the app developers will start putting these features in apps. So we got a ways to go, but when that happened, I was like, that's pretty cool. So I got my eye on that. I'll keep you posted as things go along. In the meantime, if you're like, hey, I want to start a podcast, it's super simple. I can help you step-by-step, risk-free. Schoolofpodcasting.com slash listener will automatically put in that listener code for you. You can save on either a monthly or yearly subscription and join risk-free because if any time that first 30 days you're like, you know what, Uh, this isn't for me, I will refund your money. I look forward to working with you. Until next week, take care. God bless. Class is dismissed.